about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Welcome to episode 75 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, three stripes. Bill Coors, A2, blue belt, two stripes. Philly, good week this week. Yeah. You had a little time off the mat. Yeah, a couple days. Want to care to explain? Nope. Okay. We won't bring it up then. Um, Gordon Ryan update, first thing, hot out of the gates. Uh, he competed in a grappling industries local tournament this week. Did he week. win? N- yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he did quite easily. But it was cool to see the Instagram post. He was doing a seminar afterwards and uh, competed in it. That was, everybody was really complimentary. You know, there was people commenting in his comment section about it. When was it? it? I think it was. Wouldn't have been today? Might have been today. It was on Instagram today. So it might have been today. Yeah, it was probably today. Maybe in the morning. I don't know. So he had an afternoon uh, seminar or something like that. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, There's this one guy, Blue Belt, Chatty. He uh, enrolled in the expert Nogi division just to go against Gordon Ryan because Grappling Industries runs a round robin tournament, so you get go mm-hmm. against everyone no matter what. And uh, it was hilarious because he was like, "Yeah, hey, uh, Gordon, I was the one that was talking shit. <laughs> the blue belt was talking shit to you, fake talking shit to you whenever uh, we were going." And I thought that was pretty funny. And Gordon Ryan was really uh, kind about it. And yeah, and uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I thought that, I thought that was really cool of him to do. And just, I mean, it just goes to show you it's, it, it's cool that first off, I think it's cool that Chad stepped up and did the expert division just to get that experience. And sure. What, what an experience of a lifetime to be able to go against a grappler of the magnitude of Gordon Ryan. So yeah. I thought that was really, really kind of funny whenever a lot of people won't go against him, even if they're getting paid for it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but also I wanted to talk about, you know, kind of, the jujitsu and getting into the mainstream uh, of MMA. Obviously, we know that jujitsu's been in MMA since the very first one with Hoist Gracie. But um, I've been noticing on Josh Hinger's Instagram that he's been training with a lot of these guys, the likes of who's fighting. Uh, we're recording this on Saturday, so it's tonight. Right, um, Israel Adesanya and Volkanovski. Um, so I think they're both fighting tonight, but, um, but yeah, I think it's just interesting that, you know, you can, you can tell, and I won't say that Josh Hinger is a, um, specialist in the headlock position, but I will say he's an expert in the headlock position. And I think that's a really controlling position for MMA. And I think those guys are smart for bringing them into his camp bringing him into their camp yeah. to kind of go over the details of that position. Yeah, no, I mean, it, especially because uh, you all was like a national team wrestler for some. For Cuba, and yeah. he was a silver medalist in the Olympics. Yeah, so he's probably pretty good. So He's really good at wrestling. Probably going to try a takedown? I, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would think so. It'd be a good idea to figure <laughs> out how to try to stop that. 
<laughs> right. And that head control, that, that um, hingertine or guillotine position, is super important to have control. What's the difference between that one and Marcella? Don't know. Uh, I'll, I do know. It's pronounced hingertine, and Marcello's is the Marcello team. Right. What about Ovaltine? It's a terrible drink that was in what was that movie? <laughs> I don't remember. Was it a Christmas story or something like that? The uh probably. Yeah, the one you Shoot watch every out. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Ralphie. With the uh Red Rider BB gun. Yeah. But no, maybe that gets um I think it was last week we were talking about it though. Like casual or like hardcore MMA fans who don't follow jujitsu very much mm-hmm. into a way uh or a way to kind of blend more of the names. Yeah. And speaking of which, I did do some research. You know, when I say research, I just Googled it. Like right. the growth of jujitsu in the last five years. And there, it's all across the board. I'm not going to. I feel like my statement of five times what people were, the people that were doing it, it five years ago, it's grown at least five times. I feel like that's oh. as accurate as anything I found out on the internet. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like a consistent answer. I don't no. know. Yeah. It must, it's probably pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, they did talk about, you know, the number of black belts increasing and the magnitude of that, which I guess you could correlate to it in, in some way, but I didn't really get that deep into the math yeah. of the subject. So, Cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it makes sense that more and more people are just going to keep finding out about it. I don't know how how much UFC has grown. I don't know if it's like it's huge. Yeah. Related, I mean, it's, but like I mean, ESPN's got it now, so it's grown even more. <clears throat> you know, I think they've had the contract now for almost a year. Okay. So I, I don't know what that was like 10 years ago. Cause I remember that being on like sports bars and stuff all the time, mm-hmm. but yeah, that Spike was about TV. It. But it I feel was, like it was only on like once a month back then. Now it it's was. on like every weekend, every other weekend. Yeah. yeah. That's generally what they shoot for is every other weekend for, for big events. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like there's always something yeah, going on. For sure. For sure. Um, but I love that because as it grows, so does jiu-jitsu. I mean, that's part of it. It's a, it's a big part of it. You think there's too much? I feel like there's too much. No. I love it. I don't, I mean, I'm not going to get every pay-per-view. Phil gave me a look. I mean, maybe I'll get every pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah okay, there you go. <laughs> um. But I like it. It's it's enjoyable to watch, you know. I, I think it's I think it teaches you a lot. I think it also, you know, kind of going into our um, next subject, and that that is our uh, our no gi um, kind of sparring with striking um, that we do the the jujitsu. What's it called now? Mastery class. Friday uh, class. I think Friday class. Yeah, Friday class. class. Yep. With Ryan Leggett. Yeah, that's what it's called. But. But to go back though, that I guess what's interesting is that because Dana White is now running it and he's just a master promoter or whatever, like that's I wonder if there's going to be that guy for jujitsu to make into a league or whatever that does all the promotion and stuff. Because like in my opinion, there's too much of it. But like because it's every other weekend and they have like a five hour card that goes till way past my bedtime when they could just yeah. have like the more interesting ones that I want to see. You know, like done by ten. You so know? Dana White, if you're listening, um, Phil would like. I would like it to be earlier, less yeah. but better content. If you yeah, would. yeah, uh, yeah. But he obviously is a big reason that it's grown the way he has, cause the way he hypes everything up. 
sure. which is what Gordon Ryan's trying to do. So I just wonder if him or someone else starts whatever league. Take. I mean, they have ADCC and stuff, but I don't know. That's like every two years. It's not like you can. Well, I mean, I think you're already seeing with Chael um, Sonnen with the Submission Underground. That's on oh. the UFC Fight Pass, right? Okay. So, I mean, the Submission Underground, also the Eddie Bravo Invitational, the Combat Jiu-Jitsu. Do they have like titles? Like yeah, UFC yeah, for style sure. titles for that stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that stuff's already on Fight Pass. It's, Fight Pass is a great resource for grappling. Mm. I mean, pro- I would say probably the second best resource to the BJJ campaign podcast. Um, other than BJJ campaign podcast. Right. Because uh, we get sweet moves like the ninja roll mm. that I didn't even know the name of uh, on our Instagram. But, uh, <laughs> no, other than flow grappling. I mean, flow is obviously yeah, the, okay. the, the best grappling app. It's a little expensive, but, you know, whatever. What is it? I think it's $11 a month or $12 a month. Oh. Doesn't seem that bad. 144 a year. That's math. Nice. Yeah. Schluter will like that. Um, All right. So Friday's class. Oh yeah. So, so Friday's class, it's a no gi class and, and um, it just illustrate and it's, you know, a lot of it is just the fundamentals uh, of doing jujitsu with taking into account that there's a possibility it's for self-defense. Right. Yeah, I've the best way I've seen it is like a striking awareness class. Like nobody's really trying to knock you out, but right, right, right. But you're just trying to build the awareness into the class. Yeah, yeah, and distance management and all those principles and everything like that. And it's really, it's a lot of fundamentals. And we il- Ryan illustrated that this week in that um, I did the upa or the trap and roll escape for mount, and um, how do I say this? It was wrong. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, how long have you been doing it that way? And I was like, well, I've been doing jujitsu for three years now. So probably that long. So it just, it illustrates that, man, no matter what, those fundamentals are so important. And it was a small detail, right? When, and we were both, we were both doing it. I don't want to feel all alone on mm-hmm. an island. Yeah, over no, I do Phil. the same thing wrong. Yeah. I okay. don't like that escape for that reason. <laughs> that it doesn't work mm-hmm. because we're doing it wrong. Right. Yeah. Same here. Um, so, so whenever we were, we were doing it, the trap and roll, uh, everybody kind of knows that you trap the trap, the leg, you put your other leg in the center of their legs and then you bridge. Well, the key to that bridge is to whenever, even though you have your one leg leaned over trapping the other leg, you don't actually put your knee on the mat and let it rest. Mm-hmm. and not get the maximum amplitude on your bridge. You actually get up on active toes and transition to where you spin on your toes instead of releasing. Does that make sense? Nah, the way you described it was terrible. Keep your feet on the floor. That was the same problem I had with shrimping for a long time is I would take my feet off the floor. Floor Seems, so, like, yeah, seems like a lot easier way to explain yeah. So that's what we would do is is halfway through, we would have to reposition because if we were rolling to the left, our left foot was losing the floor. Right. Because we'd drop that knee to the ground, like you're saying. But the important part is the foot coming off, I think. So when we're doing it with that 
active toes on the left foot and not losing the floor, we don't have to reposition the right leg so many times um, because that's how he says you should do it. Right. Yeah. He's really good at it too. Yeah. Although I didn't make it happen in last night or this morning. We'll figure it out eventually though. Well, for sure. But we'll start, we'll keep trying to do it right instead of doing it wrong. When I bridge side to side and warm up, so I'm going to be looking weird for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> You're <laughs> going to go all, all the way, the way up side. on your toes and turn. <laughs> going all the way to the side. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and that's something they say every time and like specifically about the knee. Cause they say to open the knee. Um, but I was just not realizing that my foot was coming off. But I remember Wilfredo telling me that a long time ago, he's like, you're shrimping and your feet are coming off the floor. Every time your feet come off the floor, you lose it. You lose power. Um, and that's Another something I think about. movement that you have to. I you should always have the floor. Yeah. Always have the contact. It's, it's the overall concept. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Bill, I like where you're going with this. Um, but yeah. So it's funny, you know, that it's, it's, it was something simple. It always, it always is. Yeah. It always, but I think it, I think it um, just reiterates the point of man, go to the fundamentals classes for one thing and pay attention. Cause even though, you know, if you're staring off into space, whenever the, they're, they're teaching and not getting those things and not looking for things that are, that are wrong. And I wasn't necessarily looking for things that were wrong you know it's just yeah you pointed well, it out ryan always emphasizes the the importance of trying to be the good partner and i mean we all do it like i try to help you as much as i can any way that i can but then when we're drilling like i'm not fighting you you know and i am kind mm-hmm. of falling a little bit you know and but he's saying to throw the grapevine in and and post the hand and if you do it right it just kind of works through that Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, the importance of being the good partner and not just falling over because, you know, when you're drilling, it's all working real good. And then you go to do it. Then you find somebody like me who just, yeah, I don't like that escape. That one's real hard. I do the other one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you, Phil. And, and it illustrates the point, especially for those people who are newer out there and, and really all along, you know, I focus it, it should be a focus whenever you're doing those warm-ups. We do those warm-ups because they are the the fundamental movements of jujitsu, the hip escape, right? To do the hip escape right, to keep your like you said, the, your feet in contact with the floor. And um, it was, I think it was a Roy Harris book that I read that he was talking about the importance of the tens of thousands of reps that you get on those fundamental movements, because that's what is the basis of all the fundamental moves are the fundamental movements. So, um, you know, to really concentrate on doing those and not just doing them right, but improving them. That's what I try to do, you know, improving the hip escape whenever you're keeping both uh, feet in contact and trying to really get your hip out and really trying to lean down to, touch your toes or escape your hips even further. So mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Do you have any other things that maybe he pointed out that one that you were doing wrong? The other escape, the one that I like doing was also wrong. The one that you do successfully. Yeah. Also wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently I'm Same really here. telegraphing what I'm doing. Yeah. It was funny though. Cause he pointed out, you know, I do a big like circular motion to do like the elbow escape, um, mm-hmm. to pop my leg out. 
And he's like, this is what you're doing. And I was like, all right, looks good to me. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm trying yeah, to do. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. What, uh, what else? That's exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, yeah, every time you do that, I just cross face you. And I'm like, all right. Also seems like a good idea. And he's just saying, you know, to go more efficiently to just pop the leg out. Like I don't have to do the big movement. Um, right. And then I'm letting the top arm kind of get lost in that same, same situation. Um, which is a common occurrence. So it makes sense when they say it, but it's just not something I've thought about. And those are just basic mount escapes, about as simple as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're terrible jujitsu, but yeah. it's not really fixing, a shocker. Fixing some of that stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It was funny though. Cause it's like, if you think about it, when I do get under Ryan's mount, none of them work. So yeah, no, I yeah. did five minutes worth of filming on that. And that didn't work, didn't get out. Didn't get out. No. <laughs> it's hard. Um uh, no, it's a, it's a really good class. I, I enjoy that. And it it um you know, just goes to show when it, yeah, how do you get better at jujitsu? Just do it. You know, that's that's the thing. Think about the little things and then mess it up. That's it. So what else, Phil? What? Comp class? Comp class was fun. Yeah, we did comp class this morning. Yep. Jeff was in charge. <laughs> I use that term loosely. He ran the warm-ups. Joey asked me, <laughs> Joey asked me to do it because he was unavailable. Uh, I feel like the warm-ups weren't nearly what. Just too would. much running. You think? Yeah, I don't like running. Good. Perfect. Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was fun. I like the the more specific drills and the um, deeper situations. Cause it's, we were talking afterwards about that uh, starting mostly taken down. Um, but so it's not a completed takedown uh, and I don't really take a lot of people down. So, mm. you know, correct. Not a familiar position for me mm-hmm. and having no idea, like, or like I have an idea what I want to do, and it's not correct. It doesn't work. Um, but just just to spend some time in those specific positions, because usually if I do take someone down, for me, it's not technical. And I just kind of, it's like a scramble past that. You know, let's just get this part over with so I can land somewhere. And then I'll start doing jujitsu from there. Like this, this part's not what I know what's happening. So let's back up from that because I, I want to address a lot of people are like, well, comp class, I don't, I don't really compete. I don't know if I can come to comp class two ways around that a lie and say, you're going to compete to go to comp class B if it's like our comp class and you don't want to compete but you still want to train. We're like, all right, cool. We need training partners. You need that for comp class. If you want to get better, come to comp class, whether you're a white belt, you know, if you want to get more training in, if you want to see, uh, maybe you don't want to do a competition, but you kind of want to see what competition's about. And, uh, maybe you want to feel what it's like to roll with a little bit more urgency and intensity. Then just say, Hey, can I come to comp class? And they'll either say yes or no, depending on where you're at. But I know the answer for us is always yes. Right. Yeah. You know, 
So if if you're out there and you're thinking, oh, I don't know about comp class, it's this whole other uh, mysterious um, thing. It's not jujitsu. So just just go to comp class. That's a public service announcement. Um, but getting back to your positional ideals, because um, one thing that I I liked is whenever we did the positional drills and what you were saying with the takedowns fighting from uh, a position where you feel like you've already got the takedown, but you don't technically have the takedown yet. Right. So the position is basically the person on top has both their arms around your waist that all they need to do is establish controlling and crawl up your waist to, to get the takedown. But your job is to not allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Got that drill from a good friend of mine. Um, Trey Pace mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> yeah, actually whatever we were there I was there training they did that and I, I thought that was really cool because it it shows the urgency a especially if you're in a, a late competition um, melee where you have to get the takedown you have to know where that takedown occurs and not not give up beforehand mm -hmm. right and b if you're trying to prevent that knowing where specifically that is which we kind of talked about in class um i think that's important too as well as scrambling to get out of it and maybe even taking them down off of that bad position if you get a good enough position and are able to frame away or able to get a wizard in or something of that nature yeah and i mean it's it's the same it's the same with all of them but it's just time in the position and because i don't do a lot of takedowns i obviously don't land there very often so the combination of me not being familiar with it and you know if it did happen i would just basically scramble out and then wherever we land you know that's when i would start doing stuff with reason possibly mm -hmm. but like it's just doing whatever feels natural which is usually wrong right yeah it's not the best thing to do whatever you want to do is usually wrong true so that's where <laughs> that was at but no i liked it because it's it's for both sides of I'm more likely to be on the getting taken down side. So to see what people are doing to stop me trying to do it and then to try to fight out of it is, is good. And it's just time in those different positions. I mean, we do positional stuff every Sunday and a lot of times during the week, Sure, and, but they're pretty straightforward. It's a half guard. It's a pass sweeper, uh, guard, get out back, out. mount, you know, and, I like that because it allows me to work different things from different positions every week, a couple of times a week. Um, but these were more, more specific and tighter scenarios to really kind of work on that because did a couple of different things, but like the takedown was a more specific thing. And, uh, I feel like that's possibly a wrestling thing too. Cause I remember Garrett one time came in and on Sunday you asked what he wanted to do. And his was like, when you're in deep on a single leg, you know, finish scramble it. drill. Um, and that was extremely tiring. I'll never really forget that one, yeah. but you know, those are the, those are the kind of like where you'll be, you know, and just time in the position basically. Yeah. Agreed. And you know, whenever, whenever Joey asked me to do it, I, I kind of thought of, all right, wh what are we going to do in the next tournament that a lot of the folks are getting in is a sub only tournament with, overtime rules meaning that you're going to be placed in different positions which mm -hmm. is the arm bar position the back take and then uh triangle so so we did each of those mm -hmm. 
uh, rounds of, of each of those in each of those positions, which I think is super helpful. Uh, it is again. And even if you're not going to compete, you're going to get put in a triangle. Sure. You know, yeah. somebody's going to have your back and it's just more time in those positions that probably pop up when you roll, but like maybe you don't go for triangles, you know, and oh, now I you're going to be, for, I go for triangles. I know you do. Did you see what I did today though? When I, I forced the other arm in and I'm like, oh, you can't do a triangle this side. <laughs> you just immediately went to the one I was hoping you were going to go to. And I was like, that worked. That's funny. <laughs> no, I didn't even notice. You didn't notice? No. I put my hand in, you weren't going for it. And I was like, you can't, you can't triangle this side. You immediately shot the triangle. And that's when I was trying to pass on the, the other way. Cause that's my bad passing side. You got it, right? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember what happened on that scenario. I just remember that specific part because you didn't go for the triangle because it's the offside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, usually my other arm would be in. This, yeah. My right arm was out. Oh, yeah, you're right. So I don't remember if I passed or not or what happened. But. I actually don't mind going for the triangle on that side. Okay. I really don't. I'm, it doesn't. That's not one of those things. Like, it's There's not. Triangles from everywhere with you. I know. <laughs> Worked on it two months and bam. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not one of the, that's not one of those where I'm a total idiot at it. If it's on the opposite side, like other things, but, uh, but no, I thought, I thought it was fun. I, you know, I think, yeah, there's always room for improvement. You know, we could have gotten a little more cardio in. you did a shark tank mm-hmm. eight minutes, two minutes in fresh. Each person, you look yeah, a little tough. tired after yeah, that. It was hard. Yeah. I thought I was doing good the first half. <laughs> Second half is tough. <laughs> but that's that's what I want to do because um I talked about just ways to improve the cardio or whatever, and I think my, my starting point is to spend that time exhausted and mm-hmm. and just kind of get used to training when you're that tired. Cause that's how I feel in the competition sometimes. Like when there was, you know, four matches, five matches, six matches back to back that's how I feel at the beginning. So I'd like to, you know, try to improve it along the way, but at the same time, get used to feeling that way and mm-hmm. kind of dealing with it. Um, cause it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about, no doubt about it. Um, trying to think, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of the mental aspect of competing, um, you know, where, where you want to be in the headspace you want to be whenever you step on the mat and you want to highlight what was going on there. Yeah. You talked about the hypnosis stuff, which I think is good. Um, mine is always in the hands and the more I can just not squeeze so hard. Uh, I feel like that's what I like focus on when I'm competing. I, I do tunnel vision, I think more, but I think so does the other guy. Yeah. So I think that's why it deadlocks more often and harder because like everybody's trying harder. Uh, so for me, it's like trying to get that awareness of not burning my hands out. And I noticed last time in the second match that it really does start when I'm standing because that's where I'm most uncomfortable at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's where I've always been most uncomfortable, but like that's, you know, that's going to be, like an extra squeeze because I'm still not happy standing. Yeah. And I was like, let it go, let it go, let it, you know, just keep re-grabbing. It doesn't have to be that hard. But it's like trying to 
beat that through my head. That's my like biggest mental uh, hurdle, I think, because what happened, that's where I believe I'm getting tired mm-hmm. is in that. And then when I lose my hands, like it literally gets to the point where I feel like I can't open or close my hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My jujitsu really sucks. Yeah. Like it, it's really hard to do anything that you want to do. Um, and I think if I can control that, that it'll allow me to, to move around the rest of it. Cause I, I don't think I get very nervous before, like worried about the other person or anything. I don't know. I, I think my biggest mental, uh, battle is with not burning my grips out. I would, I would actually challenge you in that and say, you probably don't get nervous before about the opponent because you're thinking about mm-hmm. not blowing your grips out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think that's a that healthy and, way. That and I pee 27 times before the match. Right. So I get my cardio in. Right. Yeah. Before. Um, Maybe dehydrated a little too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that probably does. It probably is. It's taking your mind off of the other mm-hmm. factors that. Because wh- I was, I was sitting there like doing the, Tom Brady pliability on my uh, forearms before the matches <laughs> trying to like just think about it and like just keep that in my head of like this is what my my two main goals were like fight for a takedown don't burn your grips out yeah you know? and just keeping that focused more than the other person yeah I still think one of my biggest advantages being a smaller person is I'm so used to training with bigger people that like when I look at the person I'm going against I don't really they don't look like you oversized people that I normally train with. <laughs> no, I think it is. I think that's a big advantage, Phil. I mean, I really, I really do. I, that would, because I feel like for you, you know, you train with people who are about your size or smaller most of the time. And then you walk for out sure. and you get, you look at the guy and you're like, yeah, it's different. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really pay it. I don't what do really you, pay attention. What do you think you need the dial for then? The dial, so just to recap, I think we talked about this, I don't know what episode, but whenever I went to the hypnosis, you know, the what? 30. It's episode 30? I'm 99% sure. Really? Wow. It always pops up when I type it in, Jeff gets hypnotized. Super impressed. Um, But no, I went to the the hypnotist, which was really just a guided meditation. I wasn't, you know, she couldn't make me cluck like a chicken or anything, or at least I don't think so. Um, But she she kind of went through what what the routine was which i thought was great right for whenever you're competing what was the routine and where did you want where do you optimally want your headspace to be like cuz you define that and so she, she explained that that you've got to put your uh, intensity level on a dial like on a on a speaker you know you have a dial from one to 10, if it's spinal tap, it goes to 11. Um, but the younger people won't recognize that reference. However, that's okay. Uh, so, you know, before the match, whenever I'm warming it up, warming up, I want my intensity level to be at like a three because zero is you've got basically zero fight or flight and you're apathetic and you you can't go into anything like that. I don't ever want to be at zero. And, um, 
and three is in my warm up, and then the trigger for me to ramp that up is whenever I I um, take my flip flops off and I step on the mat. When I step on the mat, I visualize that 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 dial then turns up to seven, right? Because I've got to have that intensity. And and I kind of whenever I was talking about it today, I thought through it, and I hadn't had this thought before, and that was I think that generally because. I'm not the aggressor in in many rolling scenarios. I like playing defensively. I like playing sweeps. I like doing that. I'm not necessarily the aggressor. And so if I was if I was normally the aggressor, maybe I would put that at five. But since I'm not normally the aggressor, I put that at seven so that it makes me be a little bit more aggressive in that setting. Um and I think anybody can do that. You know, I don't I don't think it takes to takes you going to a meditation specialist to be able to to come up with that uh to be able to put your headspace where you think it should be and use whatever trigger moment you think you should have before a competition why did you feel like you wanted to do that like because you've done a lot of wrestling matches you did the competition before that and one what what did you want different? I f- why I did it was I felt like I didn't have control over my um, my mental state going into the competition. I didn't nervous. Yeah, I didn't feel like I had control over that. I knew first off, I know I'm going to be nervous. I knew whenever I wrestled, I was always nervous before I went out to wrestling. I didn't didn't pay much attention to it. I was young, you know, I was doing this stuff. It was just what you did. And, you know, and I realized looking back then that I could have probably benefited from this then as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it would have made me a better competitor then as well. Um, so, so I, that's the reason I was just always curious about it in, um, reading about it and having other people going through this, you know, that were in competitive jujitsu in MMA, um, I can't remember the one sports hypnotist that does all the MMA guys, but, but I just, I heard it on Joe Rogan and I thought well, that's super interesting. And you know, w- what are you out if it's doesn't really do anything? You know? No, I'm just curious what, I guess. So you would have said in the first competition that you were closer to 10, like immediately. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause it didn't, I haven't watched in a long time, but it didn't look like it because it looked exactly the same. God, I I'm think kind of a cool, cool cucumber. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Hide those things. Um, okay. Cause it looked the same and you just fought for the takedown the whole time and then side control or whatever. The difference was internal. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, there was, I mean, there's probably very little difference, maybe a little in performance, maybe a little bit in stamina because of that amped up nature of it um because to me through what you're describing what happened it's absolutely no different than what i'm talking about where i'm focusing on not burning out my hands because that is the only thing that goes to 10 is just how hard i squeeze yeah yeah it's like the same exact thing it's just i'm focusing on what my 10 is yeah like i'm not just out there throwing super blast doubles for 45 seconds to exhaustion but like i am squeezing like i'm gonna pop some holes in his gi or something. <laughs> so that, that is my, 
that is like, if I'm going to go out there to 10, that's what does it. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think it is very similar. I think it's just, I think it's just really like anything. It's just making yourself aware of, of that propensity that you have for your, your own, um, mental state of mind whenever you're going into it and, and trying to be better again for anyone out here there who hasn't competed and they want to go to their first competition, you're going to be nervous. You're going to be nervous as hell. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's normal. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not like, I do get a little nervous. Like obviously, you know, like sure. Especially because it seems like I'm there for hours every single time. I would love to just get it over with. Yeah. Um, but it's like a, for me, it's like a good nervous, I think. I I would agree. I think it is, it's either a good nervous or a bad nervous. And it, it all depends on your frame of mind going into it. Right. Because the good nervous is you've decided you're going to use, utilize this energy to your benefit. Bad nervous is, Oh God, I don't know what to do here. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I would say some of the early ones, I, I don't know if I would have actually done it, but if they were like, oh, your match might have got canceled, I would have been like, that's okay. You know? <laughs> See ya. <laughs> like, I don't know if I actually would have left or not. Um, not the first one, because I knew I was going to lose on the first one, and I sure. just really wanted to, to do it. Um, but some of those other ones after, when I knew how hard it was going to be, um, I might have walked away from. But I, I think John was saying it itself. Like, competing itself is the skill. Like, mm-hmm. there's all the jujitsu that has to happen, but the preparation and the eating and the training and then actually doing it all like all those things on the same day is a skill in itself. And you kind of learn how to, how to do it over mm-hmm. time, which I, I can definitely see a difference in myself from like, I drank a bunch more water before the last one, sure. which I think is probably helpful. Water's good for you. Likely. You know? So, uh, eating like what, when to eat water, that day sleeping all that stuff and yeah i think that the more which is why i'm surprised you're saying the the nervousness never went away in wrestling when you have like seven thousand matches a week you know because it seems the more that i do it and it's like this becomes normal and that's what i'm trying to accomplish is to make the anxiety and stress level of a jiu-jitsu competition match feel as close to training as possible you know the more i'm doing it because I noticed towards the end of the last competition was the most I've moved really in a match. Because mm-hmm. um, it there was a lot of lockdown squeezing going on prior, mm-hmm. um, so just trying to get that stress level under control and being able to think through it and act the way that I want to act. So the the reason I was always nervous was because I wasn't addressing it. I wasn't seeing it as a problem. I saw it as that's just what it was. There was no, like okay. I didn't spin it in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, there you, big competitions like state tournaments. You just acted stuff. like you weren't nervous and didn't admit to yourself you were nervous. Right. Okay. Right. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I, I wasn't reflective. I wasn't mature enough to, to do so. Okay. You know, I would throw up before the tournament because I was nervous, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't realize that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is, is I have to change. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that. Okay. And that's what I was trying to change about it. Okay. Which I effectively did. Mm-hmm. Um, which seems crazy. That's that easy. Yeah. To do. Sometimes just knowing your head is a problem fixes some of it. 
You should know better than any. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, last topic, Phil. Recovery. You've changed your recovery routine. Let's hear it. Uh, I used a foam roller. So right. And a yoga ball. Did the Supple Leopard book and Tom Brady's book. Uh-huh. Kind of combined them. Mm-hmm. It's doing pretty good. Do you think Tom Brady's a supple leopard? The most supple. He uses pliable. He doesn't. He doesn't like the word supple. He likes He's a pliable. pliable leopard. Yeah, pliable cheetah. Yeah. Now, that's all he does is drink like I think he drinks a gallon to two gallons of water a day uh-huh. with the electrolytes. He eats like ninety percent plants, uh, and just everything is on the recovery. But he's got a good point. He's like, what is my job? Like my job is to throw, be able to absorb giant dudes smashing into my legs and my body and landing on me and throw. He's like, if I bench 450 pounds, that's cool. Does it help me throw the ball or does it make all my muscles super tight? Which puts in perspective because every time I say I want to get bigger, stronger or whatever, and it's like, this is my body. This is my weight class. What if I just never get hurt and I can train a whole lot more? This is my size and this is what I'll use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of, it kind of shifts back and forth. I don't think being stronger ever is a bad thing. Sure. But if it's coming at the expense of being able to actually train cause I'm too sore, too tired, or it's not recovering as good as it could mm-hmm. because I, not to say like schedule wise, I have X amount of time. I'm saying like attention wise, I'm only going to do X amount. Yeah. So is it going to be like, 30 pull-ups or is it going to be like rolling on the yoga ball and the foam roller? So I feel better to train tonight. Yeah. Cause like, I'm just not, I mean, maybe one day, but like sure. the way it's been, it's, I'm not going to do everything. Um, so I like the, the supple leopard book cause it really explained a lot of things I'd heard before. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, about like if your knees bothering you or maybe it's not just your knee. Right. Um, that those ideas, and kind of how to move and you know Tom Brady's the greatest athlete of all time it's not really up for debate and uh that's what he does so makes sense did you mention sauna no I didn't but I have been doing the sauna a lot okay I think that's an important part too yeah that's where I watch all my jiu-jitsu videos because I'm stuck sitting somewhere for 40 minutes 45 (laughs) minutes not a bad idea not a bad idea well, thank you for that update, Philly. Um, my recovery routine hasn't changed much. I sit in a massage chair. I do Tim Tam and yeah, Tim Tam's good. good. Yeah, I think the yoga ball though, when I smash against the wall, it. I don't know. Obviously, the Tim Tam's doing a lot more beats per second, but the the yoga ball like feels like maybe I just need to push the Tim Tam in harder. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can bury the pressure on that. That helps a lot. Okay. Yeah, I probably didn't do that. But I was done with the Tim Tam in like three and a half minutes. So. Right. That's the benefit. Yeah. Then Oh, here. I got it. If you get a Tim Tam, maybe you can do some more strength work. Oh. Ooh. Maximize your time. I still come back to, though, if I was like just good at jujitsu, I wouldn't be uh, smashed on the bottom so much and things wouldn't hurt the way they do. All right. So we'll get better at jujitsu. All right. That's good. You guys should do the same. Uh, Phil, tell them how to support us. If, uh, uh, if subscribe to. to the podcast, share the podcast, and order a rash guard because they're sweet. They are sweet. They are sweet. Um, also, I don't. I mean, we gotta we gotta check with AJ and James on the uh, 
role model camp, which is they had a, first through their third. last podcast though. James was on it with uh, AJ's and Jen's Beauty and the Gee, and it was it was really good. Yeah, it was one of the longer ones too. Most of those are shorter. And that one was like over an hour, I believe. I liked it. I can't wait to listen. Did they say there were spots left at the uh, role model camp? I don't know. I didn't listen to the last like three or four minutes, which I'm sure is shame when they you, talked about Phil, it. Yeah. For shame. Yeah. I don't know. No one's missing these pivotal last three or four minutes yeah, of the BJJ true. campaign podcast. I was looking at the podcast stats and that song comes out at the end and it drops. <laughs> Everybody loves the song. Um, so, so it's May 1st through 3rd, women's only camp. A bunch of great black belts. Nikki Sullivan's going to be there, by the way. I just watched that uh, fight to win. Last night on Flow Grappling, Nikki Sullivan won, I think, via armbar um, last night in her black belt match. I can't remember who she was going against. I think uh, I saw a post the other day that they do have spots, but there's, like, no more paying half now, half later. I'm pretty sure you got to oh, yeah. pay half now because you're running out of time. Yeah. Well, they can make that better if they do the BJJ campaign true. code for 10% off at checkout. Um, so yeah, it's, it's totally worthwhile and, uh, highly recommended if women are out there trying to go and, and have training partners of their size, their age, anything of that nature. If you don't see that, you're going to see that at, at this role model camp because there's what, 250 women that are going to be there, I think is what the limit was. They said, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I make numbers up. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Somewhere between 20 and 4,000. Right. Uh, <laughs> accurate. Uh, <laughs> and if you're not out there doing something each and every day to make yourself better, get out there and do it. Phil and I choose jujitsu. We hope you do too. I'm about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hyped right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it, and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Right. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's, that's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. You know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll.